I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we roll steadily towards the 2022 midterm elections, the rhetoric continues to shift and be shaped by both parties. This morning, President Biden delivered remarks on the economy and federal deficit, announcing the government would pay down the national debt for the first time since 2016, making a very small debt in a $30 trillion problem. Uh, but how will this impact inflation? That becomes a, a counter challenge, I think, for the administration. And what's the administration's plan uh, to bring costs down moving forward. So President Biden began by announcing uh, to that his administration did cut the deficit last year and was on track to reduce it even more. Oop, we're just pulling that up here. Hold on just a second. New information that contains that we're on track to cut the federal deficit by another another $1.5 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. The biggest decline in a single year ever in American history. The biggest decline on top of us having a $350 billion drop in the deficit last year, my first year as president. We also learned that for the first time since 2016, the Treasury Department is planning to pay down the national debt issued to the public this quarter. President Biden said that uh, this is critical because cutting the deficit actually reduces inflation. Because bringing down the deficit is one way to ease inflationary pressures in an economy where a consequence of a war and gas prices and oil and all food and it all, it's, it's a different world right this moment because of Ukraine and Russia. We reduce federal borrowing and uh, we help combat inflation. He went on to say that when he became president, he grew the economy specifically with the American Rescue Plan. When I came to office, we took a different approach across the board. With the American Rescue Plan and other actions, we started to grow the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Rescue checks and tax cuts for working families that gave them just a little bit of breathing room and put food on the table and a roof over their heads. So the president uh, was specific, uh, talked about uh, parts of his plan to reduce the debt and deficit. He described it this way. It's a plan that lets Medicare negotiate prices for prescription drugs, as they do with the, with the Department of Veterans Affairs. 
we can cap the price of insulin at $35 instead of the hundreds of dollars, even $1,000 a month for some families. And my plan provides tax credits to utility companies to generate clean energy. And those companies are required to pass those savings on to families. I met with about a dozen of those utility CEOs here in the White House. And they confirmed this plan will lower energy bills for families immediately. My plan includes tax credits for consumers to purchase electric or fuel cell vehicles, new or used, which will save the typical driver about $80 a month not having to pay for gas at the pump. Tax credits for folks to buy solar panels and heat pumps and more efficient windows and doors for their homes. Estimated savings $500 per year on average. So looking at some of those credits, we've talked about these uh, specifically with some of our experts from Washington, D.C., and talking about the uh, purchase of electric vehicles, that most of those are going to more wealthy Americans who are in a position to purchase those much more expensive, even though they are much of a uh, footprint uh, in terms of everything that it takes to make them, uh, and that you would actually have to pay that car off and uh, drive it for 75,000 miles in order to have a similar impact of the car you're currently driving. And so sometimes we have to be careful. Tax credits always sound good. They don't always produce the results that we think or provide relief to the people that we think. Same goes with solar panel. And sometimes those credits actually inhibit innovation because they favor those that are already in the market and become a barrier to entry uh, to new upstart entrepreneurial business. Uh, The president, of course, uh, shifted and uh, said the way he's going to pay for all of these things uh, is going to be, wait for it, tax the billionaires. We can do these things by making sure that no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a single penny more in federal taxes. All we're asking is that the wealthiest Americans and the largest corporations begin to pay their fair share, at least part of their fair share. You've heard me say it before. I'm a capitalist. I believe you should be able to make as much money as you legally can. But just pay your fair share. So it's interesting to me. I thought the president started out very strong today in terms of saying, look, we we have cut the deficit spending. Uh, That's a good thing. Uh, He talked about some of those. I thought it was a strong thing. Then he shifted clearly to the political side of the conversation and started going down the path of blaming the rich, uh, blaming those that are doing well. Uh, And then I think he made the biggest mistake of the day. Again, I I thought he was great early on uh, in what he presented this morning in terms of debt and deficit and making sure we're getting those things under control. But then he went back as if he couldn't leave it alone from a political perspective and went back to once again blame the previous administration for the problems. The bottom line is the deficit went up every year under my predecessor before the pandemic and during the pandemic. And it's gone down both years since I've been here. Period. That's they're the facts. And then he wrapped everything up uh, with a pretty blistering string of criticism. Criticism for Republican economic policies. I don't want to hear Republicans talk about deficits and their ultra mega agenda. I want to hear about fairness. I want to hear about decency. I want to hear help on ordinary people. The bottom line is that for decades, the trickle down on economics has failed as income inequity grew to historic levels under the Republicans. The mega Republicans, the MAGA Republicans. I don't want to mispronounce it, the MAGA Republicans. 
this is time to grow the economy, but from the bottom up and the middle out. So the president, in the back half of his comments this morning, uh, I think he used the term MAGA 27 different times in six different ways. Uh, and even corrected himself in terms of how he was pronouncing it to make sure everybody understood what he was talking about. And regardless of how you feel about the former president and his policies and his politics, the president, the current president of the United States doesn't need to go back and fight the last war. I would remind President Biden that he won the election. And if that's going to be the tact for the Democrats going into the midterm is to fight the last war to make this about the MAGA Republican agenda, uh, I think that's a losing strategy. Again, I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum. That's just bad strategy from a political strategy and tactic standpoint. Uh, and so I, I was very surprised and a little disappointed that the president went there. A lot of finger pointing and placing blame on the back half of this speech uh, and landing it. The final emphasis, the take home points of the speech were about the former president and the last battle uh, between he and pres former President Donald Trump. I just think that's a mistake. I don't think you punch down in politics. Uh, and as I've said many times, Politics is not about what was. It is not about what is. It is about what is next. And President Biden had a chance to point that direction uh, while pointing out a few things that are going well in his administration. And I think that was a swing and a miss. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, this is an exciting conversation. You don't want to miss it. How do we help people who just moved to the U.S. integrate into society and get that upward mobility we're going to have a great conversation about this and the impact of new Americans right here in the state of Utah. You don't want to miss this conversation. Stay with us. More to come on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.